You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Synth 68 Podcast. It is episode 32. Chris is still away on holiday. We've got Kaz once again. Kaz, how are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, love? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's been not too bad a week, considering the result. We'll move straight into that game then. On Sunday, we played Manchester City in our first game of the season in the Continental Cup, the League Cup, in other words. Uh, the first half, I thought we were on the back foot for the majority of it. We were pressed high by Manchester City, and despite this, we tried to play it out from the back. This led to quite a few misplaced passes, and we brought pressure on ourselves. It was quite narrow, with the likes of Lucy Quinn and Paige Williams finding it hard to push forward which left us quite narrow and we were playing ourselves more into trouble as it got congested in the midfield. The second half, we were much better. We continued to pass it around from the back, but worked it forwards a bit more. Some lovely bits of skill from the likes of Hayley Ladd and Marissa Ewers in particular, I thought. Ellen White was a handful up front, as we come to expect from her, and had perhaps the best chance when she took it round Karen Bardsley, only to find the angle too narrow to find the goal. In terms of Ellen White, Kaz, do you think we're becoming a bit too reliant on Ellen? I think we are, yeah. I think other players need to step up and just not think that Ellen's going to score us all the goals. There was a couple of chances Hayley Ladd had and she scuffed. Stan had a couple of shots which we've seen in pre-season she can get them in. The only disappointing thing for me is not getting the likes of Lucy Quinn and Paige Williams more on the ball. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird one. Do you think that was tactics that they, they were trying to not get caught on the break, that they weren't pushing forward as much as we've come to expect? Yeah, if you look at it, you had the likes of Mel Lawley and Nikita Paris, and obviously they're City's biggest threat pace-wise. So yeah, I think they were just trying to compact it in so we didn't get hit on the break. Yeah, it's also a problem when you've got the likes of Rachel Williams and Charlie Wellings not available for games, but hopefully other players will, as you say, take the chances on and not have to look for the pass to Ellen when they've got a better chance available to shoot or play someone else in. We ended strongly, but it finished 0-0 overall. I thought Anne Katrenberger had another good game. She had some good saves, particularly from a free kick from Steph Houghton, was it? And overall, I think the first half was dominated by Manchester City. The second half was more of ours. So a point seemed fair going into the penalty shootout. What do you think, Kaz? I would definitely say that. I was happy with the draw. Not happy about losing on penalties, like, but to hold Man City at 0-0 with the quality of their squad... I think it's a fantastic result for any team. I was quite confident going to penalties personally because I thought Anne was a very dominant penalty saver and it proved to be the case, but just other people let her down a bit by by missing their chances. But that's going to happen in penalties. The pressure gets to some people occasionally and that's what happened. We'll just quickly run through the penalty order then. Aoife Mannion stepped up first and buried the ball to get us off to a great start. Then Nikita Paris equalised for Manchester City. Then Lucy Stanleyforth was our first miss of the penalty shootout. It wasn't it wasn't too bad of a shot, Kaz. It was it was she was going for the top corner, but obviously Karen Barsley guessed right and she got the save. Yeah, she did. It's one good thing that from my point of view about KB, she is a great shot stopper. So yeah, that one was a great save. Manchester City followed that up with Caroline Weir taking hers and scoring. Then Keris Harrop, our captain, stepped up and fired it into the back of the net. Claire Elmsley then put Manchester City back into the lead. Then Lucy Quinn scored for us. Then Steph Houghton scored for them. 
Ellen White scored for us. And then the moment came. Abby McManus stepped up for the winner. And what happened next was Anne Katrenberger flicked it onto the bar. It was a fantastic save. We know what Anne's capable of, obviously, through the uh, the season when we beat Chelsea in penalties. We know what she's capable of. It was it was a great moment for us and it kept us alive in the match. Next was Sarah Mayling, who slammed it into the bar. I think she was watching Chris from last season a bit too much, Kaz, with this one. Do you know what? It wasn't actually a bad shot, was it? It was like, it was a fantastic shot. It's the only thing, it just needed to be a couple of inches down. Yeah, she went for power and she, and if it was going on target, Bardsley wouldn't have got to it. But it was it was just one of those where it went a bit too high and it hit the bar. Then the next one was Kira Walsh, again Manchester City, to score this to win the match. And Anne Katrenberger once again dives the right way and saves another one. That's the two penalties in a row and that just shows the class we've got in her. To me, I think she's one of the best in the league. And I just don't understand how she doesn't get picked for Germany either. Yeah, the fact that she's not even picked as third choice is a bit um, surprising. But Anne's spoken in the past. She's The German league's very strong in terms of the quality that they have. And obviously, they, the goalkeepers must be just as good, if not better. But I've, I find that hard to believe sometimes. The next one who took the penalty for Birmingham to keep us in the match was Hayley Ladd. She hit it over the top of the bar and over the top of the short stand into the car park, which was a disappointment. It just seemed like everyone was missing at this point, Kaz. I think this was four penalties in a row from all, both teams that just unable to find the target and beat the keeper. Yeah, I think nerves got the best of people. We all know Haley Ladd can strike a ball. I think it was a shock when she missed, but all the best players missed penalties, so I hope she doesn't take it to heart. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've just seen the quality that Haley Ladd's produced from the corners and free kicks over the over the over last season and for Wales, so. It's just one of those one of those days it didn't go the right way, so she'll learn from it and she'll next time she'll probably bear it in the net and do a Stuart Pierce and give it the old fist pump as she puts it in the back of the net. The moment came for the match winner coming up after that and it was Jen Beattie for Manchester City. Berger actually got something on this and I think she might be disappointed, but Beattie's effort hits the post and goes in. I thought she'd saved it. As soon as the Manchester City players ran I, I knew that she hadn't, but did you have a feeling she might have got enough on it? Because from my point of perspective, yeah, it did. I thought if she stopped it, like, and then obviously when it rattled the back of the net, I was like, oh god. That would have been three in a row, and that 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 must be some some sort of record. It would have been. It was not not the result we would have wanted, but we got a point, and obviously last year we got no points against Manchester City in the Conti Cup, so we got a point on the board, and hopefully going into next week's game we'll do better. Hopefully, yeah. After the excitement of the first game died down, I spoke to new signing Chloe Arthur about life in Scotland and a move to Birmingham City. I'm joined by Chloe Arthur for the Greats in 68 podcast. It was your debut today in a competitive game. How do you feel it went? Yeah, it was good. Exciting game. It's always going to be a tough one. And unfortunately, we couldn't get the win. But go again and we learn from what we've, what we've done wrong, what we can improve. You started at the Celtic Youth Academy. What was that like for you? I was there from when I was about 13 and the coaches there, Paul Brennan and Tina, were a massive influence and they're the ones who really developed me and allowed me to be where I am today. After your time in Scotland with Hibernian you moved on to Bristol City, how long did it take to adjust to life in England? There's a massive difference in, across the board when you move from Scotland to England to playing in a bigger league and more competitive and it's just, it's great but I really adjusted because it was a challenge that I wanted to come into and I just adjusted quickly and, and enjoyed my time there. Is there anything you miss from your time in Scotland, apart from family, of course? 
No, I think I definitely made the right move coming to England and playing in this league and I love it and like you said, it's just family that I miss, family and friends. But apart from that, I think it was the right move to come here. What are your hopes for this year with Birmingham? We're looking to prove ourselves. We have a great team, strong squad and we're looking to, to finish as high as we can and get silverware and obviously take that game at a time. Finally, what is your favourite band or artist at the moment? Oh, at the moment. There's too many, but I love Florence and the Machine. She's one of my favourites. So. Have you gone to see her before? I've seen her at a festival before, yeah. That was good. Elsewhere in the group then, Aston Villa took on Sheffield United on Saturday night with Gemma Davis taking charge of a first competitive fixture for Villa. She spent four years coaching at Birmingham City's Centre of Excellence. Villa's new signing, Nadine Hansen, got on the score sheet, but it was the Blades that picked up the win. Goals from Danielle Cox and Tanya Marsden were enough to put United top of their group after the first round of fixtures. The other game in that group this past weekend was Leicester City against Bristol City. The Blues beat Leicester in pre-season 7-0, but with their full squad available for this week's game, they fared much better. Bristol City with the opponents, with new manager Tanya Oxtoby, who was also part of Mark Skinner's backroom staff last season, taking charge. It was the Foxes that took the lead in this one in the opening minute thanks to the new signing Mel Johnson. Leicester almost doubled their lead before the break when former Birmingham striker Frida Arisi struck the bar. Bristol City levelled it up from the penalty spot through Lucy Graham before substitute Sophie Domingo gave Leicester the lead once more. The Bristol side weren't done though and Graham got a second of the game with five minutes left on the clock. The game finished 2-2 and it was penalties for the bonus point. Leicester had a perfect record, four goals from their first four penalty kicks, including one for Frieda. Leicester's keeper Charlotte Clark saved two spot kicks to give the Foxes the win. Special mention to former Blues keeper Sophie Bagley, who scored a spot kick for Bristol. So the table is as follows. Sheffield United top with three points. Leicester second on goal difference with two points. Manchester City in third. Bristol in fourth. Birmingham in fifth. And Villa in last place. A quick word on that, Cas. Were you surprised with some of the results this weekend from the Conti Cup? Yeah, Leicester's shocked me. Obviously, Bristol are a WSL one side and obviously Leicester have just been promoted to the championship. So I've watched Leicester a couple of times against Middlesbrough and they didn't look all that. But with the signings they've brought in, the likes of Frieda, they've got some strike force now. Yeah, it does seem like they've pretty much got a new squad this season, so it's going to be interesting to see how they fare in this group. Obviously, with the likes of Sheffield United as well, they got a win over Aston Villa, who were an established um, second-tier team last year, so it's a surprise that they've beat them in the first game, but it, it seems like this group's going to be an interesting one to look look ahead going forward. I think it is, yeah. I don't think anybody's uh, safe. I think it's all they're all going to be tough games for everyone. Moving on now to the England squad announcement then and Phil Neville has named his squad for the upcoming internationals against Wales and Kazakhstan. Ellen White once again has been called up from the Blues squad. Still no place for the likes of Aoife Mannion. I'm of the opinion for this crucial game against Wales you need to rely on the players that have experience of these kind of games. While I would love to see Aoife, Paige Williams and Keris Harrop get a call up, I don't think against Wales you want to test new ideas. Having said that, I didn't realise we were playing two games this time around and I think fans can be justifiably upset that Aoife hasn't been picked to potentially play against Kazakhstan. What about you, Kaz? It's the same old, same old. I think it's about time. Even the likes of Jess Carter, Aoife Mannion, he's brought the likes of Mel Lawley in, Kira Walsh, 
he's brought in Alex Greenwood to me, who's a second tier player now. I think Claire Rafferty should have got a call up as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one with left back position. Obviously, with Demi Stokes still out injured, it's a position we need to have some players for. And he's obviously picked Rachel Daly to get again as a defensive replacement. But when you've got players who play in that position week in, week out, why would you not pick them over someone who not really trained to play in that position all the time? It's a weird one. Yeah, all you need to do is, like, I'm going to use Jess Carter as an example here. For, what, two seasons, Jess has played on the left. She's played on the right. Do you know what I mean? She can play in midfield. How more of a diverse player can somebody be? Do you know what I mean? Maybe maybe that versatility's come back to haunt her a bit. I don't know if that's that, that can be a problem, but obviously some people who are the jack-of-all-trades, um, maybe that's the problem. He wants someone... But, but again, the dedicated position, he hasn't picked someone who plays in that position. He's picked someone who plays predominantly as a striker, as second choice, behind Alex Greenwood, who you said... She's established in the team. That's the reason I think that Greenwood's been picked, even though she's dropped down to the second tier. She's obviously been suspended for previous games, so she's come back in for England for this one. But I think Stokes would have been the first pick if she would have been fit for this one. But again, I think Neville's made a mistake here in terms of the one he's picked. But we'll have to see if if it's enough to beat Wales, which is going to be a tough game, given that Wales haven't conceded a goal this campaign. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably preview that next week ahead of the game which i believe we're both going to kaz we are yes it should be a good one as long as it doesn't rain because I, I believe there's no cover over the away end but there isn't no, we'll, we'll bring some brollies and hopefully we don't get washed away by halftime We'll move on now to our preview of this weekend's action, which is against the rivals Aston Villa. Their manager, Gemma Davis, will take charge of her second game in charge. The captain, Jade Richards, who replaced retiring Chloe Jones, will lead the team out if she's fit for this one. I think she missed last week's, last weekend's game. And Alicia Indow was the person who was captain for that one. In terms of players who left over the summer... Ebony Salmon is probably the biggest miss who's left for Manchester United, one of six to leave the club in the summer. Salmon was the top goalscorer for Villa last season. It's obviously going to be a big miss for them, Kaz. Yeah, I think it will be. The Villa players will come out fighting just to prove a point, uh, obviously, with the players that they have lost. Yeah, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a game to watch, certainly. It's going to be, I think it's the first time in a good, couple of, a good number of years where Blues have played Aston Villa in a competitive game anyway. And they've got some new signings. Nadine Hansen, who scored at the weekend from HRC Genk. Holly Gibson, who signed from Stoke City. Alison Hall, who signed from Coventry United. And Sophie Haywood, who signed from Texas A&M University. I think Sophie Haywood is probably the one I think is the one to watch this weekend if she starts. She's a playmaking midfielder who won the award for Best Newcomer and Best Player in the Lone Star Conference Football League in the U.S., she can score a goal too, so if Blue's caught napping, then she might punish us. The American game is different. It's more focused on fitness as opposed to maybe technical aspects of the game. So it'll be interesting to see how she fits into this team, Kaz. Yeah, it will be. Like you said, the American League's a lot different to ours as well. I, I think we'll just have to see. Because a couple of Americans have struggled in our leagues. We've seen it with Carly Lloyd. She wasn't the same player as what she is when she's playing in America. It'll be an interesting one to see how they get on against Birmingham. It's obviously going to be, uh, it could be a ferocious game. I haven't got any experience of this derby in terms of the women's game. I haven't been to one of these, so we'll have to see 
what the atmosphere is like on the day, but it, no doubt it's going to be an interesting one. I asked Mark Skinner about Sunday's game, and normally we will have a clip for you at this point, but I had some technical difficulties on the weekend, and I I don't know what happened. There was a lot of wind noise, and I don't think it was that windy, so I don't know what happened on the mic. But I have uh, a transcript to what he did say, so I'll read it out to you now. Villa next week is our full focus. Forget about Everton and Brighton. We need to go out and perform next Sunday. I went to watch Villa on Saturday and they showed quite an attacking shape against Sheffield United. If they go out and attack us, I think it will be an exciting game. We also played them last season behind closed doors and they banked up and put everyone in their own half. We will prepare for both outcomes. It will be exciting regardless though, because it's a derby. We'll be going full throttle into Aston Villa and I'm looking forward to the game. What do you expect from this game, Kaz? Do you think there's going to be a lot of tackles flying in or do you think it's going to be not as bad as what it would be in the men's game between these two teams? I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of Blues players up for it. Also, the the likes of Sarah Malin, who we all know, who was a Villa fan, she's really excited to be playing this game. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. We hope, hope it will be a good game. So we'll go for our predictions this week. Kaz, do you want to go first? Well, well I was completely wrong. About the 3-1, wasn't I? So, why not 5-1? 5-1, why not? Be ambitious. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to Birmingham this weekend. In terms of predictions, talking about predictions, actually, last weekend I predicted that Anne Katrenberger was going to save two penalties and we were going to win the penalty shootout. So I got a half right. So maybe my luck's turning around this year after Chris dominated the predictions last season. But he's not here yet, so he can't do anything about it. So... That's all for this week's show. Thanks to Distemper for their song Three Minutes on Summertime, which is a used now new intro and outro music. Thank you for joining us once again, Kaz. Hope you have a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. See you Sunday, mate. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on. Keep right on till the end of the road. Keep right on.